McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Poppy fans, and welcome to PO Forecast episode 94. Well, there's not much going on with games, but there's a lot going on with transfer activity, we hope. Joining me on the podcast today is Freddie Webb. How are you, Freddie? I'm doing very well, Hugh. Yeah, not so bad, even with the news yesterday, but still, I'm going all right. Yeah, nice one. We're in lockdown, but do you know what? We're here, and the, si- the silky tones of Sam Stone is here to give you some transfer news. How are you, Sam? I'm good, mate. It's my favourite time of year. Love the January transfer window. Love scrolling through Twitter, seeing all the rumours. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah, so I um, know we love this as well. Me and Freddie have been doing this actually in the summer and in January for the last couple of years as well. Um, so I hope I know you guys actually appreciate it. Sent some messages. So let's get it out there. But Sam, welcome to the team. Cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, let's get into it. Obviously, there's nothing to review as the game has been postponed, cancelled or whatever you want to call it. So let's get into it. Freddie, we've been looking for midfielders and defenders and a sprinkling of attackers, I suppose you could say. We'll start with defenders. So we're going to go into it from a level of, we'll do a round table approach. Okay, so we'll start with Freddie, go to Sam, go to me if I've actually done any work and give you some players. And then we'll go round again until we've run out of players um, in each position that we're looking for. So we'll start at left backs. And Freddie, we're going to start with you because you have the most. And uh, hit us with your first one. No, absolutely. Yeah, we've done what we usually do with this. I've, I mainly looked for, I tried to focus on real, realistic signings this time instead of stats. Mainly because, well, if you just, with the current situation, Ports of have no money or I don't expect they're going to spend any money in this January window. So I've gone a bit specific with the players that I have. So for left-backs, I've ended up with five possible options, a couple of them being less realistic than others. But the first one I've got to go with is Josh Earl from Preston North End. He's been playing a lot more recently under under Alex Neal, mainly as a wing-back in a 3-5-2 formation. Uh According to uh, Dave Seddon from the Lancashire Evening Post, he's caught the eye there. He's playing very well, but he's only played, made five championship appearances, and that's given this recent time. And he might he might want to uh, play a bit more. So the sort of player he is, in the mould of Cameron Bring, to be honest, play, playing as a wing back in Alex Neal's system, very very attacking, likes to dribble. Alex Neal mainly references aggression on and off the ball, whether it's dribbling or with high amounts of progressive passes and successful dribbles, and he loves loves to get into a tackle. So yeah, I think I think he's a reasonable choice. And at 22, similar mold to Cameron Pring in terms of the type of player he is. And but I would expect him to start if we do get him on loan in ahead of Lee Brown most of the time. 
And as we said, Freddie, we're going to give it a little ring out of, we'll say out of five, rather than out of ten, because that just gets a bit more complicated. But out of five, what do you think the likeliness is that Pompey could acquire him? And how many out of five would you like him to come? In terms of realism, I'd say two and a half. Because obviously, if you look, if you look at his if you look at his record, he's only played five games, and that's been very recently. It's mainly because um, Preston changed to a free back formation. That's why they want the ring back. But if they, but then again, he's been he's he he had a big injury last season, which is why for a bit he didn't play, and then he was out on loan previously. But yeah, he's not he's not playing enough regularly in the championship to improve. So so he might if he wanted to try and force a move, but. He's starting to play a bit more for Preston now, so it's it's fifty fifty for me. But it's the, exactly the sort of player that I could see Portsmouth going for a young, in the 20, 20, 21, 22 year old who's starting to play a bit regularly in the championship, but is not playing enough to really develop. And in terms of if I would want to at Pompey, I'd say a four out of five out of my choices. Cool, that's a great way to kick it off, mate. Let's move on, Sam. So yeah, obviously I think in this left back position, the person who comes in who comes in will have to be of a similar kind of ilk to Cameron Pring, potentially a youth or a young player coming from a Premier League or Championship club. But I'm going to throw it off with a very familiar player. We had him on loan last season with Steve Seddon. There's been a lot of rumours going around already this at the start of the transfer window that he might be coming to rejoin us after being on loan at AFC Wimbledon for the first part of the season. We know a lot about about him. He impressed last season, um, especially with his crossing and deliveries. We scored a lot of goals from crosses, headers, corners. So for me, he kind of fits the bill in the sense that he's been here before. We know what he's like. Um, and he's quite a young player still as well. Obviously, the issue will be Birmingham have recalled him. So they might, uh, they might want to uh, play him. But again, they recalled him in the summer and it wasn't actually, uh, he hasn't really had any game time there. So, it will be interesting to see. Obviously, we've heard about their other left back, Pedersen, maybe going. Is that his name, Pedersen or Pedersen? Pedersen, yeah. Pedersen, yeah. yeah. Maybe going out. He's had some interest in like higher clubs in the in the in the pyramid. Last season, it was Watford before they got relegated. Was yeah. the rumour that was reported in the Birmingham so, Mail at the time. So yeah, then then he could maybe play a bit more. But again, I think it's a good option just because we know he had a successful loan spell here in his first uh, this time last season. Birmingham fans don't actually like Pedersen that much, Pedersen though. They really don't like him. Um, they think he's dropped off a cliff since the Watford interest, yeah. mainly. Yeah, so they're actually quite happy in some ways for Seddon to come back and claim that position as such if he does go. If he doesn't go, there's still a lot of talk of him being there to... I mean, he's injured at the moment, isn't he, Pedersen? So he's he basically come to fill in. It's difficult, isn't it? Pompey obviously wants Steve Seddon. I, all the Birmingham media reporting that Seddon wants to come back and fight for his place. Do they send him out again on loan after him getting recalled on loan from AFC Wimbledon, who, from what I've heard, are very surprised that he got recalled in the first place. And it's an odd one, really. Obviously, Pompey wants him, but I would think it would be pretty difficult to to require him. Sam, what are you thinking on this from a from a, a five-star and five-star? So how much do you want him and what's the likelihood? I... I'd probably say it's a three out of five, me wanting him back. Um, funny enough, I'd probably take Cameron Pring over him because from what I saw of Cameron Pring, I actually really liked him. Um, especially in that Fleetwood game, I managed to get to Fratton Park and watch it and I thought he was one of the better players we had on the pitch. 
So I actually did like Cameron Prince. That's why I'd only say it's a three out of five for me to have Seddon over him or Seddon to come in. The likelihood, I'd probably say it's, it's there's obviously rumours, so it's probably a three out of five in likelihood as well because it could happen. But there are issues around whether it will be a loan or a permanent, um, which yeah. I, I've read will be the issue because obviously they'll probably, if they want him to get loaned out again, I don't necessarily think they'll want that. They'll probably want to ship him out permanently and I'm guessing Ports for only want to take him on a loan deal. Um, so that yeah, th- those are the those are my ratings for it. Yeah, Karanka said in the Birmingham Mail that he was bringing him back as an option because we're, because they have three left back options: Christian Pedersen, who we've mentioned, and George Friend. And George Friend is aging a fair bit. So if you think Friend has fallen off a cliff or Pedersen leaves, then Seddon covers both of them really adequately at Championship level. I think <laughs> I'm but I am worried that Ports of Will go after Seddon more than any other options simply because we've had him before and he's played really well and also he, they might do the same thing with another midfielder we'll probably talk about later on as well I just hope they're a bit more savvy with their January window because even if they don't have the resources the best they could do is do their due diligence and look around a bit Let's hope so and especially if they actually we need the team to be successful in getting a new left back now as well with Pring going so it's it's all all guns blazing, guys. Get out there, see who's about, and, and make some approaches and stuff. But let's move on quickly, Freddie. We're going to do midfielders as well. Fire us off your next defender. Uh, my next left back, again, a fairly attacking fullback, has played played in the championship on and off. Not a lot this season at all. And lo- and last season he was actually on loan in the uh, Bundesliga second division with St. Pauli. It is Matt Penny from Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, considering the amount of turmoil that they're in, any excuse to uh, reduce the wage bill is good because their chairman, Jan Siri, said at some point that some some of their wages were delayed. Now he's paid them all, but it, but that might not be the case throughout um, the rest of the championship season. And Penny has already been linked with other League One clubs. Uh, he's been linked with Swindon per the Swindon advertisers, Jonathan Layfield. But they have already got another left back on loan, Dominic Thompson from Brentford. So Matt Penny is available, and I really like him. He's a, he's a sort of fullback that really is very good on the ball. Again, similar to Joshua, we mentioned, loves a dribble. But but considering he is a much better crosser than Earl, so it's slightly different fullback. But but both of them are on the attacking side of that. They're not as defensively reliable as Lee Brown, I don't think. But again, he fits that mould of being 21-22, had some game time at Championship, but roughly five appearances is not enough. So, And considering that Sheffield Wednesday want to reduce their wage bill, I think he'd be an excellent option for Portsmouth, to be honest. You think he might have to go to a League One club if you think he's got not the potential to play at Championship level right now with those five appearances... My concern is that Wednesday are looking to offload salary and shedding salary to a League One club under a salary cap would depend on how much is being paid effectively. Mm. Mm. Penny's wages will be a lot less than <clears throat> some of the other players they have. Mm-hmm. So far off the top of my head, they've got Tom Eves, Jus Van Aken. Those players who are playing every week are on big money, but their de- but in terms of their depth, their young kids, they'll be on no money at all, probably. So I think Penny's wages would probably be all right for Portsmouth if I had to guess because okay. they're nowhere near what a first team player there would pay. 
all right, but at least it's not going to be mega wages where we were thinking before. But then again, some teams seem to make it work. You know, Sammy Schmodix springs to mind with some other club managed to get on wages which Pompey couldn't afford. So maybe we can jingle some stuff to make it work. But Sam, do you have any more defenders or is another list off Freddie's list? Uh, I've got one more, actually. Uh, Go for on it, my phone. I've got it here. Uh, so again, this was mentioned um, a bit last summer. Uh, there was the left back from Leeds, Leif Davis. Um, again, another kind of it's a similar young player from the Premier League club, which is I think is the route you're going to have to go down when looking at a left back uh, to challenge Lee Brown. Um, I can't see any real money being spent in this area. So obviously, he's a young player. He's only made four. He made four championship appearances, uh, oh, seven championship appearances for Leeds, and he's made one Premier League appearance this year. Um, obviously, they rate him very highly. Still a young player. Um, and I could see them wanting him, wanting them to loan him out to a League uh, One or a Championship club to get some more experience. So again, it's that kind of same mould as Cameron Pring. Again, probably played a high well, definitely for Leeds, obviously a bit higher level than Bristol City. And he's also he has been trained with the first team and made an appearance in the Premier League. So he's clearly a talent. And they apparently he's been described as a modern day attacking left back. So again, I think it's it could be an exciting signing if it happened. I'm not too sure if it's too likely. I know there was interest in the summer, but yeah, I have to wait and see on that one. I probably would like to see this signing more than Steve Seddon, uh, funnily enough. I know Seddon was good, but I think this signing is more in the ilk of Cameron Pring. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say a four out of five, I'd like it to happen. Um, probably a two out of five, it will happen. <laughs> Freddie, you got any more? Um, <clears throat> on the Matt Penny um, loan very quickly. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of likelihood, it's probably the most likely on my list. Um, I would say four out of five, how likely that sort of loan deal would be. And similar with Josh Ilf, I think a three out of five in terms of how well it would play, just as a guideline. I have two I have two left backs left. I'll go through the first one extremely quickly because of how not very likely it is to happen. Uh, Jerome Poku, who is on loan at Plymouth Argyle, but is at Fulham. His loan deal expires at the end of January. It has not been extended, according, um, and that was mentioned in the Plymouth Herald when they asked um, Ryan Lowe about it. They're talking to Apocalypse to try and extend the loan, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, if Portsmouth are looking for a dominant left back, he's mainly played at left centre back in a free to back formation, but he has played at left back before with Accrington Stanley, and I think he's an exceptional player. Big body, got an engine on him. Very, very good at defensive positioning, very defensive minded, but loves his runs off the ball as well and is very aggressive. So, my sort of fullback in terms of how likely it is to happen, one out of 10, one out of five, because he'll probably extend his loan at Plymouth. I don't see why not. He's playing every week. But if Fulham, for some reason, recall him at the end of that stint, then he's the sort of player who Porsche should be after to try and get a loan deal to at least the end of the season. Was he the one who got a, I know the game at home part of the season, was he the one who scored? In yeah, the, yeah. Or he got in, yeah. in the box for the, the own goal or whatever happened? Yeah, he was the one who scored in the two-all draw on he TV. He messed yeah, up Marcus, didn't he? He, he was mm. quite physical, like wasn't he? A very physical mm. player. That was one of his <clears throat> major strengths, which is which is why I wasn't surprised to see him move into centre-back instead of left-back when he played for Accrington. But I saw him last season... Uh, that horrible, um, that horrible Portsmouth game at Accrington where he lost four one, I believe it was. Apocalypse played excellently in that game. 
he's probably a five out of five on my list for how good he'll be if we can get him at left back I think he'll be an excellent option but one out of five in terms of how likely he is because it would depend on Fulham for example recalling him for some reason I'm not sure why and then Portsmouth actually being astute enough to sign him in the first place and the last left back I got is a bit different he's not a young left back at all and he's barely played at his parent club Nottingham Forest and and it's another club in turmoil we've already mentioned one already and that player is Tyler Blackett yeah, he's, he's got an excellent pedigree at championship level he's played 110 appearances for Reading under that Yap Stam era team again very defensively minded can play at left centre back in a free at back formation and also left back big body very physical loves his aerial duels mainly enjoys his, his tackling and the defensive side of the game but can whip in the cross as well um, but he's barely played under Chris Hewton. Uh Yuri Ribeiro has played ahead of him and even though Nottingham Forest have a lot of left backs one of them is going back to Greece I believe but for Tyler Blackett it might be a loan move to Portsmouth for six months if they are going to offload him might be good Chris Hewton won't want to um, if he does want to get rid of him won't get rid of him to a championship rival I don't think. And if he looks at it and goes, oh, it's a short-term move to Portsmouth, a promotion contender. If I settle myself in this team and then they get promoted, then they can come after me in the summer. And given that if Portsmouth get promoted, they will need players with championship pedigree. And he's definitely got that in spades. I don't know what you guys think on that one. He's one of those players, isn't he? He's got that defensive ability. He's solid. He can put a ball in. He's not going to excite some people listening to it in the same way that um, some of the more attacking younger fullbacks that we spoke about are. And so you've got to feel that some fans who, when you look at Portsmouth now, we are a much different team, I feel, with the fullbacks going forward. I think we, we really need the system we play in. We need the fullbacks to get forward, get on the overlap and really create some space for the likes of Curtis or whoever's playing wide on that side in order for our forwards to be successful. So I don't know much about him, Freddie. But I would say that we need a fullback who's athletic enough who can get forward on the overlap and provide an attacking option. I think it's quite integral to the system that we have someone who plays that that style. Mm. If you watch Lee Brown now, even he he's playing a lot more further up the pitch than he was last he's doing season. A lot better at that, isn't he? For yeah, he's getting balls he in the box. His delivery's better. His dead ball delivery's better. So I think when we look for a new fullback, it's probably not going to be in a traditional sort of left back mould. It's got to be someone who can get mm. forward. Precisely, precisely. And that's why Penny and Earl, who I mentioned, fit that mould a lot better. And they're also a lot younger, so they're more likely. But Kenny Jacket might just look at it and go, well, I want a reliable left-back with championship experience, which at League One level would be ridiculous, in my opinion. And even though he doesn't go forward a lot, like you said with Lee Brown, doesn't mean that he can't. I think if he trained at it, he could be good enough. In terms of the stars... I would say a three. I would say a four out of five, mainly for the benefits he gives in the room, but also the player he is on the pitch. Again, you'd think a player like Josh Earl or Matt Penny would fit into that mould a bit better. So that's the only reason why he's a bit lower. Um, and and in terms of likelihood, a two out of five because it would rely on him wanting to drop his championship salary, wanting to go to Portsmouth on a six month loan on the cheap. So it would rely on Nottingham Forest wanting to get rid of him and wanting to get rid of him where they pay most of his wages as well. So it's 
a catch twenty two on that one. Penny and Earl are definitely the most realistic out of the ones I mentioned. Right, let's move on from defenders because I'm getting bored of talking about defending too much, and let's get into midfielders. This is what I'm more excited about. As you can tell, I'm actually talking about it. Freddie got a nice list there of defenders and Sam chipped in. Cheers, lads. So I'm actually going to try and add something now to the conversation rather than just being the person who waffles in between you guys talking. And I'm going to kick us off with a midfielder. He's someone I mentioned in January last year. He's someone I mentioned in the summer as well. And he did go out on loan to another club. It's Jack Rolls, centre-attacking midfielder slash centre midfielder from Tottenham. Went to Burton Albion in the summer on loan. Hasn't worked out there. Read about it in the Burton Mail. One of the main reasons about it was because, to be honest, they've just been playing players who have just been more defensively orientated, if I'm honest. If you look at Portsmouth in the middle of the pitch, we have Tom Naylor, we have Andy Cannon. If you're shipping goals like absolute no tomorrow and the managers decide at the time, right, let's just stick in two really deep holding midfielders. Jack Rolls hasn't had that ability to, to break it into the team. So Jack Rolls is a player who can get forward. He does about the same amount of progressive runs as Andy Cannon going forward. Um, he, he looks good. He creates things. He can play a pass, pick a pass out. Um, and he's the kind of player that I think could, if Andy Cannon, and let's hope not, gets a knock, could step into the team and play that sort of role. I think it would need to, exactly, because um, <clears throat> I was very surprised in that um, in the Portsmouth News when Kenny Jackett said he really wanted another centre midfielder. It just shows what um, what trust he has on the centre midfielders that aren't playing at the moment, even though he doesn't rate Ben close. I think we've all figured that out by now. And Bryn Morris just hasn't done enough in this new season. And we mentioned Jack Rolls in the summer, and I think he's the perfect sort of player who would want to go on loan to Portsmouth and want that challenge. And if he if he's in a similar mould to Cannon, where he's a playmaker but can stand up to some of the physical aspects of League One football and doesn't go missing in certain games, I think it could be a good choice. I do think with this uh, midfield position that it doesn't need to be like a, a marquee signing or someone, or you need to spend a lot of money there. It literally needs to be someone who's going to fill in for either Cannon or Naylor if they get injured. Because at the moment, I can't see maybe there's one or two players, but you'd have to go out there and spend a fair bit of money on them that would actually come in and directly challenge them um, to try and improve the team from there. Because I think they've been superb, especially in this run up and, up in Christmas when we've, we've beaten all these good teams. They've been crucial to it. And I, I wouldn't be looking to directly change it. It would be mainly for a player to come in if there was an injury, which we hope there won't be. Let's be honest here. When I'm looking for players in this situation, I'm thinking low risk, on loan player, you know, for yeah. a Premier League team, high reward. He's got a good ceiling. Uh, good ceiling. He's scored. I think he's scored a lot of goals in youth football. We've been through all this in the last in the last year as well. He dominated League Two last season. He's got the ability to play at this level. He just needs a chance. There's no real financial risk here. I'm going to say likelihood. I'm going to say the ability for us to get him is four stars. I don't see why we can't go out and get him. We've got good links at Tottenham. Good links at the academy there as well. Kenny Jackett knows Tottenham fairly well at the same time. Would he be the perfect fit for the team? I'll give him four stars as well. I don't see why not. I've watched him play enough. I've watched the highlights of him playing youth football all the way through. I think he'd be a good fit in this team. Burton have been an absolute train wreck of a side this season and he's not been given an opportunity to play in it. So Jack Rolls, let's kick it off. 
So it, that's one, one thing, though, Before, if I may add. Yeah, I, I still find it very strange from what I was reading in the news. I'm sure you guys read that Kenny Jackett really is looking at that centre midfield as his main focus for January. I was wondering what you thought of that, because he said that he, that's where he's mostly putting his focus at the moment. He's pining for one player, isn't he? Yes, and we'll go on to that player later on, won't He's we? pining I suppose. for him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely feel that they think he looks at the team and he goes, mm, you know, what's the missing piece? What's that promotion piece that can get me going? Who wants to take this? Who wants to talk about it? I've got another player. Let's do that. Do, Let's do that in a bit. Let's yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll leave this player who everybody knows what it is. There's no suspense whatsoever. No. We'll leave it yeah. for the end anyway. No, there's no dangling. Go, Sam. Um, who else? So I've, Got another player. It was on um, uh, Freddie's list as well, um, and it's Ollie Rathbone from Rochdale. Um, that was my list, you muppet. Oh, was it your list as well? Oh, I thought it was Freddie's list. <laughs> that was my list of midfielders, mate. <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry, yeah, I'm next on you then, Hugh. Sorry, mate. No worries. Um, Apologies for calling you a muppet. Carry on. <laughs> so only 24 years old, and he's already had. This is his fifth full season at League One level. Um, and when I say full seasons, he's played pretty much 30 games each season. Centre midfield, similar player to Andy Cannon in some ways. That's turned out quite well. Could be one for a, a few years' time as well, and he's got a bit of time to develop. So, yeah, um, he was touted by a lot of clubs in the summer. I know Sunderland, I think Sunderland were after him, along with a few other League One clubs. Might have been us as well. Um, but yeah, I think he could be, this would be one that you'd, you'd have to see some money being spent on it. It wouldn't be a loan deal or anything like that. It would be a fair bit of money needed to go and get him because he has been he's got a lot of experience for all his age um, so yeah it would be a similar kind of deal to Andy Cannon um, in that sense and it would be a very good cover in that position if it was needed this season and definitely could look forward to in the future of getting being a first choice player in that in that position because I, I do really rate him yeah and as well whenever I've seen Rochdale I've been to the away games at Rochdale the last couple of years and I was very impressed I've been impressed with Rochdale the way they play football I find them quite quite interesting and they, he's always been quite central to that so we were at the a, um, the Rochdale away game where Portsmouth beat them 3-0 and it was probably the most probably the most flattered to see 3-0 I'd ever seen in my life yeah for yeah. that game <laughs> yeah, I, I was, uh, that was when they had Luke Matheson on, on that right hand side yeah and they just played Portsmouth apart for most of the game but then it was one ball by Brent, ex-player Brendan Houndstrop playing on the wrong side to John Marcos and square it to Ronan Curtis and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> They controlled the game for I half an hour I, and I was, lost it. The season before as well, we the three-all draw when Pittman got one in the last minute, I, I, they did they did batter us again um, and we got lucky with that three-all draw and I, I seem to remember him being quite crucial for that, especially in that kind of that midfield number 10 area. Um does remind me a lot of Andy Cannon so I do think there's something there um, potential-wise, and he, he does kind of fit the bill. Uh, whether it will happen or not, I'm not too sure. I'd probably say it's a, a two out of five whether it will happen because he and there's a few a bit of interest there, mm. um, and he's just signed a new deal as well till 2022. So would take a fair bit of money, and I can't see us necessarily parting with that money anytime soon, especially in this window given the circumstances. How much um, could it cost from Rochdale though? Let's get that out there first. Well, how much do we think Andy Cannon? Uh, uh, and especially during the pandemic as well. Yeah, Andy how much Cannon is was. Actually worth? Well, Andy Cannon was about hundred thousand, wasn't he? One hundred fifty k or something, wasn't it? Bargain. Mm. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much Ollie Rathbone would be, but Rochdale don't sell players mm. that expensive. Callum Camps. Yeah, that's I, been I can't a great remember how much Callum Camps went for. It wasn't that much either. So 
it's not it's not a it's not a huge amount of thing. I thought um when I looked at this Sam as well um with Ollie Ruffman, I thought it was interesting because he's actually very similar in mold to um in mold in mold to Andy Cannon. I and mean, if you look at even some of his stats that we looked at, he actually. Um, his successful dribbles and stuff like that is very similar. When you go through the amount of stats, he makes about four um, four per game at about 53, 54% um, success rates. His interceptions are very similar level as well. Um, he, he's very similar sort of player, really. Slightly slightly less aggressive, I reckon, looking at the stats. But apart from that, he's he's a pretty similar player in the mould of Andy Cannon. Yeah, no, I think it's one that would be a site if they made the signing this summer, this January, it's one that wouldn't just be as a, like a filler in case one of them got injured until the end of the season. It would be one that's directly looking, looking to the future, um, which would be, which would be interesting to see if they made that signing in January, as I just mentioned. But yeah, I'd probably say it's a, a two out of five, whether it actually happen. Um, and I'd definitely be a four out of five, me wanting it to happen. Cool. Freddie, mate, crack on the next one. Let's go. Let's keep this right. up. Uh, right. Um, I haven't got many centre midfielders on my list. Uh, there's one that we're saying for the end, obviously, but one player who he, he plays for a team already mentioned, uh, and that's Dan Crowley from Birmingham City. 22 years old, capped at England and Irish uh, and Republic of Ireland at, at youth level. Played in, played in the Dutch top flight for Villain 2. He was an Arsenal product. Last season, played a lot for Birmingham City under Pep Clotet. He was basically one of their starting centre midfielders. He played against Portsmouth in that League Cup game. That game where Jude, Belli- Jude Bellingham got all the plaudits. But I thought Dan Crowley was the best player on the pitch for them. Again, barely played this season. And according to the Birmingham Mail, Isaac Ranka is actively shopping Dan Crowley for not a lot of money. And if you think about it, a young centre mid with pedigree at youth level and has already played a full season in the championship. That's something that Portsmouth should be after. I think he's a very technical centre midfielder, more like a playmaker than Andy Cannon. I think the game can easily go through him. He's got excellent, excellent passing and good sense of awareness, likes to get forward and support the uh, strikers and the wingers as well. Very mobile in a, in a way, very similar to Ben Close. I think the only um, <coughs> criticism that he can sometimes give is, well, why hasn't he played if he was that good last season? So maybe he's, even though he's very good at passing and the technical ability, maybe his creativity is not there in terms of those goals and assists that we mentioned. But very low. You mentioned low risk, high reward. You Dan Crowley is definitely that. If they, if they, if any, if they're wanting to offload him for peanuts, and he's already played at Championship football, that's the sort of player that Ports have would definitely like I think yeah definitely and I think that's the sort of thing we need to be looking for you know we're not, we're not shopping over here at Marks and Spencers boys we, we need to get go out there and get some bargains and make sure we work to our budget and this is the thing especially with the pandemic now we need to make sure that we're finding players with high ceilings and, and at lower costs so no I think that's a good shout there mate uh, especially with Birmingham shopping him I think it would be a four out of five for if he, if he plays because he's played a full season of championship football and I thought he was technically good enough. He didn't look out of place at all. Very forward-thinking playmaker. So he could, he, he could even take control game, control games like Ben Close did two seasons ago if he was to sign. Likelihood, it depends. I would say two and a half out of five, mainly because he's not of that Andy Cannon and Tom Naylor mould that we mentioned. And will he want to go to Portsmouth when... He won't be guaranteed first-team football, which is what he entirely wants. 
Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? It's also sort of thinking about what Sam mentioned earlier on. We need a player maybe to come in who doesn't need to be the player in the centre of, of midfield there. You know, we've, we've got Andy Cannon there. We've got Tom Nader. They're both playing very well. But then again, you don't want to limit yourselves when a player falls into, on your lap at the same time. Carl Winchester, just to really, really wind up my friends down at Sunderland. Sunderland are after him at the moment. Um, he's the captain of Forest Green Rovers. He's 27 years old. He plays in centre midfield. Two goals this season. Sunderland have been strongly linked with him to try and sort out the shit, the show they've got in the centre midfield. He's a good passer of the ball. Um, he can chip in with a few goals. He shoots from distance. Um, but really, it, he's the sort of player that gets the ball moving, gets it going fast. Um, and I think he could be a good addition to the team. I know his manager said last season that if he's a championship player, not a League Two player, uh, and most championship managers would be picking him to start in their team. So whether or not that's true, you know, managers love talking it's their players praise, up. Isn't it? Sorry? It's high high praise. praise, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> high praise. But just the fact that Sunderland are interested in him as well. Um, financially, his contract is up at the end of the season. Forest Green Rovers would be willing to take a you know a nominal amount to move him. Apparently, there's you know there's a bit of interest there. Cole Winchester, 27 years old from Forest Green Rovers. Stars. I'm supposed to ask myself, aren't I? All right, cool. Mm -hmm. um, would I like it to happen? I don't think he's necessarily the. Andy Cannon type that we need. He's a bit bit different, more sitting midfielder. Um, he, he picks the ball up in the middle, gets it moving. <clears throat> I don't think he's necessarily going to pick the ball up and drive it forward into space, which Andy Cannon does, which sort of complements Tom Naylor um, for being picky about the about the pick as such. So, do I want it to happen? I, I don't know three stars. He, you know, he's obviously a good player. Um, not sure he's necessarily the perfect fit. Do I think it's likely to happen? Two stars purely because I think Sunderland are all over this at the moment and are likely to sign him. Mm. And usually, Portsmouth aren't the best when they're bidding against other teams. And well, you know, you know, in negotiations when Sunderland are involved, they're going to overpay him. So Portsmouth don't need to. I, st I still don't that really. I still don't necessarily think it's going to be the the game changer for Sunderland. In all honesty, uh, twenty seven year old from Forest Green Rovers. I mean, like, he's probably a good player. Uh, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be the thing that propels Sunderland back up to where they need to be. Um, if I was a Sunderland fan, after all that's happened there, um, I, and this was the marquee signing, I wouldn't be too happy. And their midfield three in the middle on that three, the back formation was bad. It was bad. There was no creativity there whatsoever. They got all of it from the wings, mainly. Uh, it's Jack Diamond and no one else, isn't it? Okay, let's go. Sam, what's your, uh, what's your next one? Um, I'm going to go for this one's I kind of I'm not 100% sure on it but I've gone for it through like experience really um, and it's Jordan Houghton from MK Dons who previously at Chelsea been on loan at Gillingham Plymouth and Doncaster he was at Plymouth in the 2016 uh, League 2 season when we won the league um, 2016 no sorry 2016 one when he played us in the playoff semi-finals um, and then he moved to Doncaster um, in 2016-17 and 2017-18. I'm going off this one because he's made a lot of appearances for someone who's quite a, quite a young age as well. He's still only 25. Um, although he's been at Chelsea for a while and now he's at Milton Keynes Dons. Um, good ball-playing midfielder. Similar in the sense to Andy Cannon. A bit, bit more mobile than Tom Naylor. A bit more dynamic. Who's going to drive forward with the ball break lines. But again, this player, I've selected this not really based off like his goals or like because he hasn't got an astounding goal record or assist record. It's mainly the fact that he's got that 
League One experience and that could be prized away from MK Doms and would be a good player to kind of act as competition for those two in there. But again, for me, I'd probably say it's a two out of five, me wanting it to happen because um, I think Oli Rathbone would probably be a better option in there or the player we're probably going to mention in a bit. And I, whether it would happen, I'd probably say it's a two out of five again. Mm. All right, then, so I'll go next with the next midfielder. There's a couple of midfielders at crew I want to talk about, but I'm going to kick us off here. Um, the, the least realistic one I'm going to say is a more pie in the sky is Tom Lowry. For me, he's one of the best midfielders in League One and by far one of the better midfielders that could replace Andy Cannon if needed. Problem is for Tom Lowry really is that he would potentially come in and take Andy Cannon's place. Young player, 23 years old, passing player, very good. Um, makes a lot of key player passes as well, dribbles well. So he's a player that could really do what Andy Cannon does. I'm going to say potentially better, but it's one of those things. It's, it's probably a who's on better form. He would be difficult to get from crew. Again, crew, I think he's got a, I think he's uh, signed a contract in October, even if it didn't say online. He would be difficult to get a two year extension. I spoke to some crew, some crew fans who we know, some of the guys who came on the Railway Men podcast, who came on our show. Decent guys there spoke about it. They expect him to go for about 600 to 850K. That's probably too much reports for the moment. However, if they're going to spend money, then it could be a good option. And I think he would be an investment for the future as well. So he's not a player who you just buy him for the short term. I think he's got potential to be a very good championship player as well with his skill set. So Tom Lowry and then crew fans came back to me and said, no chance you mate. stop dreaming. You can't have him, <laughs> but you can have Ryan Wintle instead in the centre of midfield. Sam, you spoke about him as well. I'll let you take him. Go. Well, yeah, I'm just going to kind of, it's interesting that you've highlighted crew as well in general, because when you look at the league table and we're looking at kind of midfielders who Portsmouth could go and buy and that would come in and be a prospect for the future, like the team that kind of stand out as the one we could almost like nab players off is crew, just because you've got to look for teams that are overachieving a little bit in the league but they're not being one of the ones that are in the top six because realistically we're not going to sign a player off Doncaster or Peterborough or Hull or Lincoln or Sunderland the likes of them but then you look at the league table you've got crew stick out to me as a team that are overachieving and to me that means they must have players that are playing well at the moment and and it's interesting that we've highlighted these players obviously they've got that left back as well um, who's playing well he's probably going to go to another championship cup pickering so it's just interesting you've highlighted crew as well because for me they are the main team that is overachieving in that top half and they're, they're the players that you're going to kind of your pick uh, or look at to come into a team like Portsmouth or a bigger club um, that and then that's when the players progress on. Um, in regards to Winter, obviously deep line midfielder played. It's, it's the game at Fratton Park. It was um, interesting because Crew did come and they they did get picked apart a little bit but they did try and especially in that first 20 minutes play in the right way and they did look a decent team and they picked up some good results and and these players we've mentioned have all been key to that um, you know Wintle kind of sitting in that centre defensive mid kind of role picking passes looked a decent player but again from what the game we saw at, uh, against Pompey it, they kind of got picked apart a little bit but again I'd be more inclined to the player you mentioned Hugh just because I feel like it could he could come in and then fill a gap in the future as well. It's not just kind of a short-term fix. 
very good team, aren't they? Um, it might be the sort of thing where their manager's probably going around every single player there thinking, well, if we if we keep the squad together next season, we could have a go at promotion. Because um, if you watch them play, they're a very good side. They're just not mm. defensively at it yet. I think it's just it's just interesting because it is true that kind of they could, there's, there's so many clubs can be picked going looking at their players just because just of how they're playing in the league. They are playing very well and they're overachieving. And I, I, for me, I just don't think it's realistic for us to be looking at players from the likes of Sunderland, Blackpool, Peterborough, Doncaster because they're not going to want to sell their players to us. Mm-hmm. Whereas a team like Crew, Accrington as well, they're overachieving. A teams that you look at and you could go, do you know what? We'll go and look and try and get their take some of their players to, to develop them further. Sam, when you say overachieving, do you mean in the sense of the club overachieving rather than in the sense of for the size of the club no, overachieving? Not, I don't think crew overachieving in a footballing sense. I, know, I the, think they play very I good. Thought, I, thought thought I, mean, I think as so, a side, they're about where they. I thought they would be, I think. But then you, mm. but then you look, but do you mean as a club size? I, I, in Sorry, general, you, like, you look at clubs that have come up, the clubs that come up last year, so Swindon did play very well in League 2 last year, their second bottom. Whereas Crew have come up playing a good brand of football, the, I, I generally think a lot of their players will either leave this Jan. Well, be looking at clubs will come in and take some of the players this this window or in the summer. I'm not saying in the size in the size of the club. I just think that that they're overachieving in the sense that the the players that have come up from League Two, I just didn't expect them to play this type of football in this manner and be so successful in League One, and. I was more. I was more talking about it in the transfer sense that you kind of look at them as the club where you could realistically go and take their players. Whereas, for me, any club in the even looking at Oxford, Blackpool, Fleetwood, I can't see us going and getting their players personally. Um, no, I, agree. I think they're too much of a direct rival, um, mm-hmm. and that's even going down to Blackpool in thirteen because they spent a lot of money. I, I can't. I can't necessarily. The fact that Crew have developed their own players and it's all very organic from their academy. You can see that they'd be willing to to sell them on, but yeah, um, at the size of the club as well, for them to be ninth in League One after twenty games played, the good good achievement. And I, if they keep carrying on the way they're going, I couldn't see any reason why they can't stay in and around that playoff kind of push towards the end of the season. No, no, I agree. Um, again, two good players, Tom Larry. I think would be a great addition to the team. I think that's more of a statement signing that is. But um, again, if we get Ryan with uh, Wintle. He's a good, solid player, good backup, especially if Tom Naylor ends up getting getting injured as well. He, he'd be a really good player to come in and anchor the midfield, which is sort of what I said to the guys at the Real Men podcast. It's not really what we're looking for, a Tom Naylor backup, really. I think we're looking for someone who can come in and step in for, he's for more Andy in Cannon. The Tom, he's more in the Tom Naylor mould, I'd say. Yeah. So I'm going to go Lowry. I'm going to go four stars to I'd like to get him for and a half potentially. We're going to edge that, but I genuinely think a two two stars, one to two stars realism really. Because let's be honest, um, he's just signed a new contract extension, and are Pompey going to pay out for this kind of player? No, probably not. Cool. Um, let's quickly move on. Um, I'm going to go look at uh, Bakaru from Nottingham Forest. The 30 year old was signed from Malmo in the summer. He's not played that much recently. Um, he's been told he can leave if he wants to. He's much more, again, in that steady sort of holding midfielder role. He breaks play up well. He moves the ball well. And again, this is just a team, that a player that we can get from a championship side at Nottingham Forest who could come into League One physically and do very well in the centre of the midfield. It's, this, we're getting into long shots now here a little bit, boys. But he's a player that I thought, 30 years old, looked decent in Europe, came over to the championship, has fallen out of favour at Nottingham Forest. 
could be picked up according to the Nottingham Forest papers. They're saying he might be shipped out now on loan for the rest of the season to get some game time. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be bad if we can get a player like that on loan. I, w- I wouldn't see a player like that go moving to Portsmouth permanently, especially if we stay in League One because he's moved to he's moved to his he's moved to England for a big payday from Europe. So and he's not he didn't have playing in the third division in mind really when he moved, did he? No, but he needs some game time. If he's going to be successful in the championship, if someone's going to give him a punt, if he's going to make his way back into that Nottingham Forest side, who are a struggling team, as we've mentioned already in this show. But They're all over the, the place. At the same time, they are, there's an opportunity within the chaos to go out and sign a player who's got pedigree in Europe and he's come over. He looks like a strong player and I've seen him. He breaks play up pretty well. And I think in League One, he'll have a little bit more time as well when he brings that ball out. Cool. Sam, have you any more? Uh, I've got one more. This is kind of has been mentioned in the news as well. Um, so I'm not going to say that I found it on my own, but I did see it in the news and I researched a little bit more. Um, was Max Saunders from Brighton Hove Albion. I think this is quite a realistic one. Um, again, young, under 21, Premier League player, youth product, similar to the Leeds left back that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I'd probably say this is one of the ones that I could see happening, probably I'd say four out of five in me seeing it happen. Uh, been on loan previously at AFC Wimbledon last season, made 20 appearances, scored one goal. So has got that League One experience, which is good, not just kind of coming to League One, having been in the, in the pristine academies of the Premier League. So he has got a bit of experience. Um, so yeah, uh, hasn't made any appearance for Brighton yet, but did play in the League Cup against us earlier on the season and had a good game there and impressed in the second round against Preston as well. So it has been meant, well, I saw it in the news, could potentially be an option uh, there. Again, it's in that same ilk where he'd be coming in and as being as cover for those two. And then hopefully if he got the, got the opportunity, he has to take it. So it's that kind of player. Pompey and Brighton have got quite close links with the player, well, the centre outs we keep on giving them. So and they keep uh, stealing our development be, staff as well, don't they? Yeah. So keep stealing our staff and then next thing you know Jack Watmore will be there won't he so uh, but yeah they, oh, uh, they keep stealing well good centre halves oh I can see it wait in January Sam summer. is that your hot but, take no <laughs> I can see it you know it's happened the last two Win- Webster Webster and Clark both gone there look at them now mm. uh, but yeah uh, I could see it happening just because the close links between the club geographically as well um, could happen because it wouldn't have to it wouldn't be like sending a young player up to Barnsley or Rochdale or whatnot. It's, it's a bit more of a, a savvy move in the sense that it is literally next door to Brighton. So it could be done. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that one. Okay. I was going to briefly touch on um, one last player from Forest Green, Ibu Adams. Strong player, very feisty player. He's a player that gets a bit of a rep for being ultra competitive on the field as well. I I've do feel that. that. So do I. I do feel that. If uh, Pompey were looking to sign a player who potentially breaks up play more, his interceptions again, he has 5.27 interceptions per 90. He recovers in the opponent's half 11.05 again per 90, which again is better than what Andy Cannon does as well. He's known for pressing high, winning the ball back as well. He's he's not going to score as many goals and Andy Cannon's not a great goal scorer either, really. So it's it's pretty similar. His um, goals is uh, 0.05 per 90, um, where Andy Cannon's 0.06. But he is a player who can get on the ball and make things happen a little bit. So, again, it's a bit of an odd one. 
He's coming out of League Two, but I've watched him play. I quite like him. Let's throw it in there, people. Ebu Adams from Forest Green Rovers. Mm. Likely to likely never happen him? Low, I reckon. But also, he needs to play a free for him. I think we could do it. And then you'd think, would Portsmouth want to pay a fee for a League Two club if they're looking all the way to moving to the Championship already? if he can make the step up, it's another question mark to add to the team. But he's a very good player. I've, I've watched him play. It's just, if we're being positive and thinking we're going to be in the championship next season, will, will he fit? He's a player I like. I'll throw, that, I'll throw that one out there. We're at the end of the podcast now, Freddie. You know? I'm, I'm, oh, I'm right. just mentioning player the light now. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's go to the last one. Let's go to the one everyone's talking about. The news have been drumming out for the last two years. The same newspaper. Let's roll a story out. Have we got anything different to say about Ben Thompson? Uh, I'm war- obviously an, an exceptional player, especially at League One level. If, if he does move to Portsmouth, he'd be an exceptional player straight in the starting eleven. And I think that would be the quality to take to take Portsmouth guaranteed top two. But are Portsmouth going to waste their entire January trying to lowball Millwall when really they're going to ask for at least two million quid, probably? which Portsmouth won't pay. Are we well, saying it's not going to be a loan? We're going to say it's going to be a permanent? Well, what, it depends. I mean, it, it's, it's up to Ben, really, because obviously if he wants first-team football, he might kick up a fuss. But a player like that during a pandemic, Millwall go, Millwall go white, will sell you for some money to keep the team afloat, which they might do. They might look at a six-month loan and go, oh, what, what's the point? I've got some news actually coming out just now regarding oh, something that could news. affect this transfer. What's that? that? Breaking Millwall, news. Uh, Millwall target Jason Malumbi, uh, who they've reportedly had a record bid rejected from Brighton. He's a midfielder, has signed for Preston North End. So, and he was a player that a lot of people were saying we're going to come into Millwall to pave the way for Ben Thompson to leave. So that's just a little bit of that's literally happened about well not too long ago. So yeah, that that could be a little. That could be a that's, little an, that's another spanner, isn't it? It's yeah. another yeah. spanner aside from obviously the financial aspects of the deal. Really fit into the salary cap? We have no idea because unlike American sports, we have no idea what our players are earning. It's a tough one, and again, I do think Portsmouth will just keep going at it. When in reality, you can make a couple of smart, uh, you can make a couple of smarter moves, which we've mentioned already, or for some players who we haven't mentioned, rather than trying to go for Ben Thompson the entire January and then not really doing anything. It's a bit like going for broke, isn't it? Because I do, I do think you're right. I think if they sign him, I, I do think it will take us to that next level because of how good he was in that first. It will be harsh on Andy Cannon. Because he's had a very, very good season yeah. in the role that he's asked to do. Yes, people look at his goals and assists and be sick, but he's done. He does everything else in terms of the in terms yeah. of the in terms of pre- pre- pressing when he doesn't have the ball. In terms of recycling the ball to the front four, which has been incredible this season. His link-up play with Tom Naylor is excellent. Both of them know exactly where they are. That is another slight downside signing Ben Thompson you're breaking up a centre midfield two who have been excellent this season and obviously it will take some time for Ben Thompson to get into that mould again even though he's playing at a level that's beneath him some, and with players he's familiar with 
sometimes in that in that twenty in that start of that season when we started so well though with Curtis Lowe and Hawkins up front, they were sometimes played almost like a free in that midfield and Ben Thompson was kind of deployed a little bit further ahead of either Close and Naylor or whoever was in that that midfield. So I guess there's a little bit of with Ben Thompson he can play a little bit further forward as well. Um, but yeah, the, again, it's whether Millwall would be willing to let him go. He obviously hasn't had any sort of game, any substantial game time, which again is a positive report with they're trying to get him. But I, I don't necessarily, I do agree with Freddie. I don't necessarily think they should throw all their hopes on getting him. If they're serious wider. about it, then yeah. make the bid now and just get That's it done. Look, here's my take, here's yeah. the take it or leave it for Ben Thompson. If Millwall say no, it's like, okay, we've got other options. It's better not drag on into the 31st. It's going the to news, do the news will, if the nothing news, else happens. The news will want it to do that, won't they? Well, there's a difference between... I don't, I don't want a story just to drag on for ages for the story's sake. Well, what I actually want to happen is Pompey to get out there, make some moves, and, and let's be honest here, Ben Thompson's a great player. He's a great player. We've seen him play. He, he'd, he'd be a great fit. He was loved, is it going he to happen? Loved, yeah. Is it going to happen? I don't know. I, I'm not Mark Catlin, but what I can say is... Pompey needs to make some moves quickly. And if they don't get Ben Thompson, there has to be a solid plan in place and to go out and get some of the players. Because we spoke about some great players on here. There are more out there. These are just players that we've we've selected. We think we, Pompey could move for. We need to make sure we get that cover for Andy Cannon. And then don't, in the, the end of February, March, wonder why Andy Cannon's picked up a knock. Hope he doesn't. Um, and we don't have anyone to fill the gap. Or potentially Tom Naylor and Andy Cannon are out. And then we haven't got either of those midfielders. Mm. Yeah, if, if if either of those midfielders are out for a long amount of time, I think Ben Ben Close has got the capability to step up. It's just it, recently his performances haven't aren't giving me much hope really, and he's not that sort of player. Really? He's not that sort of player like Andy Cannon. He wants to be the player to take control of a game, which mm-hmm. you would have to basically throw a system which has brought Portsmouth from. A horrendous start to being up in the automatics out the window again. Right, let's round this up. I don't really have anything other to add to this, really, because we finished it. I'm going to throw in one last player as a bit of a hoo-ha, why not? I'm going to put up Kane Critchlow from Watford. He's a young 20-year-old attacker slash midfielder. He's captured Bermuda. He's a player that has a lot of ability on the ball. He's quick. He can shoot well. He's very talented. He's quite raw. He's only made one appearance this season. He's really highly touted. His contract ends at the end of the end of this year, um, and he's been injured before. So if he doesn't make an impact this season, he was told he might be shipped out. So I think he's going to need a loan. It's being talked about in the Watford press. He needs to go out and prove himself. Now I don't believe he's made enough of an impression to warrant a championship loan. However, he looks like a pretty talented kid who can really come in and and you know potentially when Pompier. One nil down, said in 70th minute, 80th minute, whatever. He'd be a great player to bring on and score a goal. Whether or not Watford want us to bring him on as an impact sub is a completely different question. But hey, let's lie. Let's get him in. And then let's see if he can pop a goal or two in. Uh, thinking about Watford, are they really that fast on how Critchlow does? Because really all they care about is promotion. They might look at it and go, oh, if we get promoted anyway, will Critchlow even be, will they even re-sign him? Well, they were talking about it in, the, in that sense, Freddie. They've been discussing about it. So they wouldn't bother otherwise. They would. The, the talk about it wouldn't be, let's try and get him to, to get this, uh, to, to do well, to get out there and um, prove himself. So he's been a player for a couple of years now. 
um, that they've been interested in. They know he's got that ability. We know what it's like. We've invested time into players and we think that they've got the ability to do well. Managers don't want to cut ties and well, clubs, fans, whoever, ownership, don't want to cut ties. So we'll see. We'll see. But why not? Maybe they think, get him out to Portsmouth, he scores five goals at the end of the season. We like him. They think, not good enough for us. Not re-sign him. We sign him on a free. That's that. Those things happen. Mm. Anyway, Freddie, Sam, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Be much appreciated. Always a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. And until next time, play up Pompey. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!